Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, here we go. Pac 12 fans, this one's for you. Put your hands up, man! This is the Pac 12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac 12 Apostles. Apostles. I'm George Reister, he's Ralph Amsden, and this is the Pac-12 Apostles. So, it, it well, slash college football apostles, because who knows how this thing shakes up and ends up over the next couple of years. Now, uh, first thing, before we even get to the week three recap, there has been some posturing and some, and some maneuvering between the conference. You had the commissioner... Uh, go on uh, George Kliakoff he went on Canzano and Wilner's podcast and talked and was like UCLA is going to lose money going into the Big Ten and everybody's like uh, you sure about that pal um, and he also said that all 10 members if you put the right numbers in front of them they'll all sign the grant of rights and I'm like well duh if you put the right numbers but the problem is you're not going to be able to put the right numbers and then the next issue uh, that he talked about was that if if they were going to leave, they would have left already. And I was like, that ain't quite true, pal. So what did you make of George Kliakoff on Wilner and um, Canzano? I think it's an incredible national effort to make that interview interesting. It wasn't. It was not an interesting interview in any way. I would agree. It was, <laughs> it was like... It was 30 minutes of George Klyavkov being like, great question, John and John. Really like the question. Can't answer it. But hypothetically, if I was to answer it, I still probably wouldn't answer it. I'm not going to answer your question. Like that was that was <laughs> the majority of the interview. And then maybe it's just me, but I took the UCLA thing as like a dig at UCLA and not a dig at the Big Ten travel. But again, maybe I'm tired. It's been a long week. And maybe I'm thinking backwards. 
But I, I took it as an insult to UCLA because so, he was like, like if they want to lose money in the Big Ten, they can go lose money in the Big Ten because that's what they're doing right now. Correct. They're losing money right now. So I, I, I don't know why I heard it in the way that I heard it. It was like, if you want to go do bad all by yourself, that's fine. But like if you if you want to be part of like where we're going next and not have added expenses and also get your stuff together and not spend four million dollars a year on lobster tails, then stick around. But if you yeah, want to go lose money in the Big Ten, yeah, but isn't that exactly? But isn't that exactly what the Big Ten's promise is? Is that UCLA and USC won't be left out on on an island, as Greg Flugar says, out out here. That and. We know for a fact that Oregon and Washington want into the Big Ten. They want in. And that things are starting to either heat up or that, that there there's some no invite. There's no invite. It might be conditional a couple of years from now. or And that might have been one of the things that lured the L.A. schools out into the Big Ten. The primary thing is money. Let's not even kid ourselves. But the whole idea of like, yeah, you might actually be able to go uh, and play some other West Coast teams sometimes, those schools are still pretty far away too, George. Like, travel in the Pac-12 is extensive regardless. So, yes. I don't... I, if Washington and Oregon want into the Big Ten, I would say that the reason that they're not in yet is because the invite hasn't been extended. Yeah, it, it takes a minute There's an enormous amount of to... leverage for those two schools right now to hold the Pac-12 hostage for better terms going into whatever we do next. Well, the other part of it is, is that these things took time. Like UCLA and USC have been at this for, you know, prior to the announcement in June, it was months, bro. Like it was months. So any idea that, so, so when anybody comes up with the idea that Oregon and Washington, oh, well, if the invite was there, it would have been there already. There's a lot of loopholes to jump through to get, even get to that point. Like well, it's it, a conditional it, scholarship offer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. It took a long time. It took this was like a year of doing by USC. So if you, so if anybody thinks that this was going to happen in a matter of months, absolutely not. I agree. And I, I still think that uh, people are going to go with the option to make the most money that they possibly can. And it, the the money in the Big 12 is so big. And we're, you're talking probably doubling what you're getting right now. I don't even think that USC and UCLA have conditional memberships. I think they just get right into the money right away once they go over. They're not going to lose money unless they continue to be irresponsible on their end, coupled with you know, more national stuff going on, like a pandemic or something like that, you know, they're, they're going to find a way to break even, which is their job to break even, right? You can't make money. That's like the super important thing to remember here is nobody's allowed to make any money. You can launder money legally. Like you can have a booster who owns a print shop who donates $500,000 a year to you and you do $550,000 a year in business to his print shop. You can do that all day long. That happens in every market in America. But what you can't do uh, is make money. So your options are to break even or lose money. And I, so that's why I kind of took it as Klyavkov saying like, well, they're losing money now. They want to go lose money over there. That's fine. 
Um, yeah, but how the Greg the, so the thing is, like how the can they lose money? Like, yes, there will be increased travel, right? But yeah. the reality is, is that the money is going to like like the idea that the Pac-12 is going to come up with this magic, magic money. It doesn't seem realistic at this point because they're only negotiating right. with ESPN against themselves. The, the, this is like when UCLA. Issue, the biggest issue for UCLA right now is market price of caviar. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, because UCLA is like uh, when you look at U.S. Well, their travel and the costs, right? So the Pac-12 is negotiating against itself. Well, sorry, ESPN is negotiating only against itself. This is just like when UCLA lost uh, when uh, Under Armour pulled out with UCLA. And then. Where else were they to go? Like, they didn't get a killer deal from Nike slash Jordan. They didn't get a killer deal because they had nowhere else to go. They couldn't stay with Under Armour. Adidas did not want them back. And because not, not because UCLA is not a very respected brand, but because that ended so ugly. And because and so the your only option left was Nike and Jordan, but Nike and Jordan, but Jordan wanted UCLA. They wanted UCLA. So they were like, okay, cool. In in Jordan's head, the schools that should be Jordan brand were the best basketball schools of the late 1980s. So you have North Carolina because he went there, obviously Michigan, which the Uh, Fab Five came in. In the late 80s, early 90s, right? Yep. And then in the SEC, it's Florida. Right. And then uh, Big 12 is Oklahoma. And the Pac-12 is UCLA now. So, yeah. Yeah. So, there there was one in each conference, but now there's going to be two in the Big 10 when... Uh, Does that mean there's a, there's a Pac-12 Jordan spot open and who gets it? Okay, we keep assuming that the Pac-12 is going to be in existence the way it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be UNLV because of uh, Larry Johnson. Yeah. Oh, my God. It, absolutely not. The Tarkanian. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be UNLV, charter member of the Pac-12, carrying the Jordan brand forward. <laughs> yeah. I don't look if it happens in 2026 that Washington and Oregon leave or or they jump they find a way to jump in in 2024 which would be pretty uh sudden um if that happens it happens and then I think what if you lose four teams if you lose four teams the Pac-12 still has the ability to survive by bringing in three California schools and okay. UNLV they will be by far the worst power 5 conference however they will not be have a power ability Oh, okay, so so let's say Oregon and Washington leave, okay? Mm-hmm. Then you think that Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah are going to stay put, or do you think that they're going to go to the Big Ten? Well, the big what you, then what we're saying is what the Big Ten is going to be a twenty twenty four team conference. Or are you talking about the Big Twelve? The Big Twelve. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, what what might reverberate is ASU losing to Eastern Michigan, causing Herm Edwards to 
quit slash get fired simultaneously, but neither thing. And then putting Ray Anderson on notice, who is George Klyavkov's main ally right now in keeping the Pac-12 together. So Eastern Michigan might have just made the Big Ten a whole lot of money. <laughs> they might You might have to put Eastern Michigan in the Big Ten after what happened this weekend. Oh, my God. Dude, no, we're not putting them in, but they did get a big win. So, so I guess to put a bow on this, uh, to put a bow on this, I think that you have to, that we have to say that the posturing and the trying to negotiate this publicly is not a good deal. It is not a good deal because George Kliakov, I agreed with Greg Flugar that it didn't look good at all for him to say that UCLA was going to lose money because how can that be be possible when they're going to make at, at least double what they're making in the Pac-12? Which is why I which is why I interpreted it as they can continue to lose money because they're losing money now. So I you know I I, I took it as a shot at. Um, I took it as a shot at, at UCLA. It was pretty boring interview regardless. And I think trying to sensationalize it doesn't pay respect to the fact that he actually didn't say anything. And the interview was, it showed a lot of practicality and business sense outside of that one line. He was incredibly careful to tiptoe around what was going on to talk about what part of the processes are real and what are not, what parts are actually locked into a contract and what are up for negotiation um, but without actually saying anything at all. I just don't think it was as incendiary as people want to make it out to be. Plus, UCLA's leaving, so like MF them on the way out. Who cares? How does that affect Oregon and Washington and what they're going to do? They're going to make most practical decisions for them. I think everybody should be making fun of UCLA nonstop just for the laughs, just for fun. Like I, I hope that George Klyavkov mocks UCLA every day for the next two years. Why? Because it's funny. Wow. Man. It affects nothing. They're leaving. They're gone. Yeah. Yep. Um, So now on to week three. Week three in the conference. In our predictions, how did we do? Uh, You went five and five because you did not pick the Fresno State USC spread. Um. And I went five and six because I did. <laughs> I got that one wrong. So, um, oh wait, I picked the. What was the spread in that game? Uh, Twelve and a half for USC. Oh, I. What What would I have done? Ah, that would have been a tough one. It sounded like you were agreeing with the stuff I was saying, but then we just moved on to the next game without you saying. Oh, anything. I didn't. So, I didn't pick. I, honestly, yeah. I probably would have. Uh, I may have picked Fresno State just to, but I, I think I think I would have picked UCLA to win, but that spread could have been sketchy to me. So so I'll take an yeah. L on that one. I took so many L's this week. However, I do want to ignore all of them to point out the fact that I said Jack Plummer's not going to be intimidated by playing in South Bend, and they're not going to win, but it'll be close, and they'll lose twenty-four to seventeen. And that is exactly what happened. Uh, that might be the first time that I've ever uh, not only called the score, but how it would kind of how the game would um, play out. So I'm ignoring all of the very bad calls I made 
to point out that <laughs> I did one thing right so, one time. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. So was this a good week for the conference? Yeah, very. very. Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. I would agree Maybe with that too. Maybe our best week in years. <laughs> hey, this was the first time... or. Yeah, this was the first time that the Pac-12 has won games against multiple ranked teams in the same weekend, like non-conference ranked teams in, what what was it, like 2013 or something like 14, something like that? Bro, that's insanity. That is absolute insanity. All right, um, let's start with the first game and the game that I went to, South Alabama at UCLA, beware of Sunbelt teams. Everybody, beware of <laughs> Sunbelt teams. This is this is not a, this is like, you cannot overlook them. This is not a, uh, this is not a drill. They will beat you. You must take them, like you cannot take them lightly. They are a menace, dude. They, they are an absolute menace. So they beat so Tex so Appalachian State beat Texas A&M last week. Well, in week two, Marshall beat Notre Dame. Virginia, uh, Georgia State took North Carolina to the brink. South Alabama beat Central Michigan. That was all in week two. Nebraska lost to Georgia Southern. Like that was all in one week. One freaking week. And then the and in week one, Appalachian State barely, barely lost to North Carolina. You had, yeah, like these teams are not playing around. Coastal Carolina beat Army. 
Yeah, they are not playing around at all. And then in week three, UCLA got pushed to the brink, to the absolute brink by by South Alabama, who's a good football team. So, yeah, I, listen, do not sleep on these Sunbelt teams. That's the warning. I agree. Uh, what did you think of – because I, I, I wonder if the being there in person – had the same feel as the TV broadcast. Um, what did you? What did? How, what, what did? What did the TV broadcast do? Feel like uh, it? It was a bad look for DTR. the The TV broadcast was a rough look for Dorian Thompson Robinson. Oh, it was. Yeah, for sure. For sure, he was so fed up with his entire team. So oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, I was like, he didn't play poorly. I'm not even body language policing. I thought he wanted to fight the whole team. <laughs> Dude, for, okay, so at the game, first thing is, UCLA has no home field advantage right now. None. Correct. Zero, yeah. zilch, nada. Dude, it, it was such a pleasant experience getting in and out of the Rose Bowl. <laughs> such a pleasant experience. Oh, my God, you're such a dad. What do you mean? <laughs> like... It, that's a, but also like that's a miserable college football experience. Correct. Bingo, it, it was, dude. It was so easy to get in and out of the 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 Rose Bowl. So easy, dude. We got there. Uh, so I picked the kids up. I heard nine forty five. We got there like ten fifteen, ten twenty. What's typical? Like if they were ranked playing a ranked team, like. Like five years ago, right? Yeah. You would have had to, if it were, if you pulled up to, if you got off the freeway at 1015, first of all, it would have been a line to get off the freeway. And then there would have been, it would have been tough. Dude, at 1015, you would not have, even if you park where I park, which is, I can throw a rock and hit the stadium from, from, from where my parking passes are. I would have been late to kickoff. I would have missed kickoff. Like you used to have to get get there, like plan to be there an hour and a half. That way you could for sure, like getting off the freeway at an hour and a half to ensure that you got into the stadium on time. Like go to the bathroom, you know what I mean? Just, oh dude, the, the, the line to get food, there was no line at the bathroom. Dude, it was a pleasant experience, but it was a miserable college football experience. Um, it was great because I had my three-year-old with me. He's running around the aisles. He can sit <laughs> on every seat and put him down, put him up. Dude, it, it was fa- fantastic family-wise, but college football-wise, terrible, dude. And they are you, have no. Are you surprised based on how things were going around halftime? Are you surprised UCLA pulled it out? No, no, they are they're a better football team. I mean, and and but. South Alabama made a calculated error on that fourth and two when they did that fake uh, field goal at the end of the game before UCLA's last possession where they went down and kicked the the game-winning field goal. Yeah. They screwed up. They should have put their offense on the field. If you were going to go for it on fourth down, your offense had been being pretty successful all day. Right, right. Don't, Don't try to get tricky. Just line up and win. Like, that's the bit because your quarterback was pulling a Houdini act part of the game and so I left this game 
taking this and looking at UCLA and still having the same concerns that I had for all for their previous two games. Their previous two games were against Bowling Green and Alabama State. They started slow in both of those games. Yeah. That that's a concern. Their yeah. their their defense against South Alabama didn't look as stout as it needed to be. Yeah. And this game against Colorado. First of all, there's no chance they lose this game to Colorado. That's impossible. But if they let Colorado score like 21 points, 17 points, that's a major concern. For sure. For sure. I, I think that it uh, to the same thing that I always point out with SEC, like it does not help you to play an FCS team second game of the season after like it just to and, and I is cool to bring HBCU in, but that needs to be the first game of the season. You can't you can't have a dip down in talent and then ramp yourself back up for um, a Sun Belt team in front of you know first thing in the morning in front of no crowd. Yeah, uh, and and then just I'm telling you, man, DTR DTR was fed up. He was pissed, and and I don't think UCLA is going to have a game where they're this sloppy and can't hold on to the ball. Yeah, again, because this was a, an extreme amount of fumbling. Uh, but on that side pitch, which a side pitch, why do that uh, to Charbonnet that that just like turned into a big uh, scramble for the ball that got pushed back toward the uh, the other end zone. Not only did DTR yell during the fumble, he stopped and threw his hands up and yelled uh, during the fumble. Then he chased the ball down, got pancaked. And while there while there was a pile uh, of them trying to get the football, he was sitting on his ass facing the opposite direction with his head down. Like I should not have come back to school. (laughs) (laughs) And that wasn't even the first or last time during the game where you could see that he was, he was frustrated with his team. And so it's just, he's made so much progress maturing, but there's only so much that you can, uh, that you can take. And it was like, Oh wow. This is like five years of issues coming back. Oh yeah, in he one would, game. Yeah, he was very frustrated, and and I would say rightfully so. All right, next game up, Cal at Notre Dame. This was a game that was just—I mean, I got to be honest. This game was hard to watch. Yeah, fun fourth quarter though, huh? Yes, fun fun fourth quarter, but this game was hard to watch. I mean, there neither team looks good. No, neither team Cal looks, looks okay. Cal looks okay. They'll probably be no, mediocre. No, no, no. I'm saying they don't look good. Neither team no, looks no, no. good. When has when's the last time Cal looked good though? I've never, I've never, I don't think I remember watching a Justin Wilcox coached offense at any point ever and being like, ooh. This is <laughs> being like, ooh, that was that was cute. That was yeah. cute. Okay. Okay, I offense. Don't feel it. I never had any feelings stirred within me by a by a Cal offense. Uh, and which is funny because it happened so many times this weekend watching other Pac-12 teams that had me going back to Cal and be like, man, they are boring as hell. Yep, for, for sure. So what what was your takeaway from this game? Because aside from it being boring, and I was like, I felt like you were like two bad teams were playing against each other. I could not, yeah. I couldn't really get a true assessment of what the hell was going on with... Uh, with Notre Dame because they have a new quarterback, but like 
they won, so that's what matters. But then on they Cal's, might they might have a new quarterback if he's not buried in Tommy Reese's backyard by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I he, I had one takeaway from this game and one only, and it's actually pro Cal. Um, Cal is not going to face a pass rush like that again for the rest of the year, so they can they can learn from what happened and move on. That is one of the best uh, pass rush attacks that I have seen in college football this year. It was relentless. It was coming from everywhere. Um, That's not going to happen in Pac-12 play. Not at that level. Uh, But you got to find a way to I, I don't care if it's screens. I, you got to find some way to do something. Yeah, Jack to slow Clover's it down. mobile enough, but good Lord, they were on him immediately, especially throughout the fourth when they knew he had to pass. Well, listen, you got to get people blocked. Now, uh, on to the Colorado-Minnesota game. That that 27, what, what were they favored by? 27 and a half points? That felt <laughs> yeah. like... That felt like a, a a guaranteed bet the mort bet the mortgage bet the kids college fund. That was such a like I was like, how is Colorado supposed to score? How they added a a a, a gimme touchdown late, but this team is like n- no understating. They passed for ninety yards, dude, ninety yards. They ran for 137. This team is, I'm not even going to talk about the players because I don't even know how bad the players are. They can't all be this bad. I'm blaming this on Carl Durrell, his his mismanagement of this team, and you know how it pays me to, to crucify a black coach like this. He made a, ter- a terrible offensive coordinator hire. Minnesota had one of the worst offenses in the country last year. They fired their offensive coordinator, and Carl Durrell's like, wait, I'll hire him. That's the guy that I should get. Can't hear you. Oh, I was saying curse words. Um, <laughs> After seeing him work in person, because these two teams played last year, yeah. after seeing him work in person, he made that hire. Yes, that's... <laughs> <laughs> and he thought it was the players. You don't have like you have the exact same players at Colorado as he has at Minnesota. And what about no one talks about the roster mismanagement that uh, had a bunch of your best players transfer, but you couldn't bring anybody in because you were still at 85. How the hell did that happen? Nobody's I'm, at 85 right now. Barely anyone's at 80. Yeah. It's because they probably gave scholarships to walk-ons and other... Bro, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have to check to see if I might be on scholarship at Colorado. <laughs> like how there was one don't... play... I just want to bring up one play because there was uh, they had put Brendan Lewis back into the game and he took a snap and rolled left to avoid the pass rush and he's rolling toward the sideline, rolling toward the sideline and, and it got to the point where he's running for his life, right? Yeah. And he's running east and west completely, like no direction, no indication that he's going to turn up field. And at that point, you're going to want to get rid of the ball. Or at the very least, you're, you're going to want to save your life and get out of bounds. But he's probably seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. What does he do? Uh, drops the ball off his knee and fumbles it like 13 yards out of bounds. Bro. 
<laughs> the commentators that were watching the game. It just gets to the point where there's nothing you can say anymore. And then Minnesota just kept piling it on because you know it was a P.J. Fleck revenge game. And it really sucks to have a revenge game from a team that shut you out the previous year. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, this team. Carl Carl Durrell gave Minnesota a reason to be upset after getting shut out. And that is – that's just phenomenal. Um, I – I cannot believe I watched. I went back and watched this game, and I, my jaw was on the floor the whole time. Bro, bro, their their only chance to win a game is going to be against Arizona, and they're going to get blown out in that game too. Like, Dude, can I? Can I? Can they're I not going to win thing? a game. What? Halfway through the third quarter on Friday night, Friday night, Wyoming, who is not good, my favorite team, not good, was leading Air Force ten to nothing. Halfway through the third quarter, and I was like, and they beat Air Force. They beat Air Force, yeah. And but it was ten to nothing halfway through the third, and Air Force blew out Colorado. Correct, guys. Colorado might suck. (laughs) (laughs) Colorado is the worst team. Like they are one of the worst teams in the country. Like like bottom five. And they release a statement. Uh, Oh yeah, director Rick George released a statement. Um. And it was just like, hey, we're trying. And that, that was it. That was yeah. the whole statement. Hey, keep keep supporting us. We're gonna get it figured out. These these results are not indicative of what we're who we are and what we're doing. Get out of here, bro. Get out of here. There's like you you have to do some soul searching if you want uh, anything different. All right. You are a transfer quarterback in America right now. No. No. No, really. really? I'm not going to Colorado. You serious? With that coordination? Mm-mm. No way. That is a recipe for failure, bro. I refuse to believe that JT Strout, Brent uh, Rice, and uh, and even McCown. I refuse to believe that they are 10 completions, 10 for 24, 90 bad. And, and it's not like they threw picks. I just refuse to believe that they are that bad. Mm-mm. Nope. 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 I feel I feel like that if you put my 16 year old son out there in a in a <laughs> that that he can throw for 90 yards maybe. What do you think would happen? One quarter only. One quarter. 15 minutes. Georgia versus Colorado. <laughs> oh, they would have to stop the game. They would have to stop the game. <laughs> the, the, okay, so. On Georgia's note, and I'm not even being hyperbolic. Like I don't think that Oregon was 49 to three bad. I think that they got, I think that they got shocked in the first game of the season and couldn't. The, the momentum fell on them too, and they just couldn't unravel what 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 was taking place. But it is a. I said that Georgia was that they're over under for the first seven games of the season is one and a half touchdowns. Hmm. And they gave up a touchdown against South Carolina in absolute garbage time. But yeah, it was their upcoming time. schedule, I mean, it was super garbage time. Like, that was like a, an accident. But their upcoming schedule, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, how I, I don't see where. So, South Carolina is a competent offensive team on some level, right? Yep, they, played they, Kent, they played Kent State this week. Will, will Kent State score a touchdown? Probably not. Yep. 
They play Missouri the next weekend. Will Will Missouri score? I'll give them one. No, have you seen Missouri? Missouri's awful. <laughs> but that's the problem. That's the problem. Sometimes you create a situation where you're on fourth strings and kids of donuts. Oh, true. <laughs> Play, true. Playing in the defensive backfield. Okay. Make a wish, kids. Yeah. Out there with Aub- the. <laughs> and then they play Auburn, whose offense is putrid, and yeah. then Vanderbilt. Oof, that's a. That's what I'm saying. I wasn't joking. Like, they could legitimately give up one and a half touchdowns. Like, one and a – over. Like, okay. Um, What about 2020 Arizona against 2022 Colorado? Wait, 2020 – wait. The team that lost 70-7 to to Arizona to end the season to get someone fired. Oh my God! Um, that's like a three nothing game. <laughs> three to three to nothing, or seven to, or six three. You know, you hit two two fifty yard field goals and you got you a win. Okay. All right. Um, all right. That's a long Colorado uh, segment. BYU versus Oregon. I felt this game happening. Like I felt very confident going into this game that Oregon was going to win this game. I like the way that they responded against Eastern Washington. And it wasn't just the win. It was the way the defense played. They were physical. They were attacking. When they hit people, they weren't falling forward anymore. That Georgia game shocked the hell out of them. And and I knew it was either going to go one way or the other. And now with the physicality and the power that they played with. And I know that... uh, BYU was without their top two wide receivers, but that wouldn't have helped. No, that didn't. No, no, because they were cutting through the defense like like hot like uh, butter with a hot knife, buddy. Bo Nix was making some throws that I'm not used to, and and it's not that he can't make those throws; it's that the receivers he was throwing to weren't always open. He's trusting them. Yep. And letting your receivers make a play is something that's been missing from Oregon's offense and that was missing in the crystal ball years, if we're being honest. Yes. So that was cool to see. Um, the scripted drive for BYU was beautiful. And then that's the last good thing they did until the fourth quarter. Um, Oregon not losing their sense of urgency, like being able to recapture it, put Bo Nix in and, and still play with energy was nice because they had scored 38 unanswered points. A um, couple of the other things that I really liked from this game were just, no, I just, I, uh, that's it. It was 38 unanswered points. It was, um, and then being able to keep that intensity once BYU, because again, they're a well-coached team. Once they were able to figure out a way to score and then capitalize on uh, sort, sort of a bizarre turnover. It looked like, uh, who, who's number two that was coming across uh, with that oh, like, quick um... in? He let the ball oh, bounce off his hands, but it what was is like his he name? was sticking. Yeah, the the wide receiver. Um, it was like he was his brain was in outer space or something because it hit him off the hands, but it's like he didn't even open his hands. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that yeah. rebounded off of his off of his noggin. That was not good. But th- this was a very dominant performance. They ran the ball extremely well. Like they're like, and then. Uh, Dan Lanning went for fourth and one in his on his own 30. Like <laughs> Oregon lined up under center like six, six or seven plays in, in the game. 
And one of the play, well, actually, and like, and they lined up in 23 personnel, which is two two backs, three tight ends, no wide receivers, at like the 50-yard line on first down and was like, here we, here we go. You know what's coming. Stop yeah. it. And they did it for a first down multiple times. And, they were, and then they kept running the same play over and over again. They were like, we're just going to just maul you. And which that, is, oh, God, which, it got me so excited because Kenny Dillingham's offense looked versatile. It, it looked explosive. And I think that this team is, it, with the talent, is going to be a force. Yeah. I mean, they're at least, at, at the very least, they're going to be all right which not a lot of people were thinking uh, at halftime of that Georgia game. But again, Georgia is a completely different animal, and we've learned that since then. BYU is big and physical, so everything about this was impressive. It would have helped them to have their two receivers. I did not leave this game thinking anything less of Jaron Hall. I still think he's in. I still think this is a good team. Um, I just think it's a really, really good Oregon win. Uh, are, do you have anything to say about the – because I know it's become sort of a weird – uh, controversy. It really felt to me like eighteen to twenty year olds just being drunk assholes at a game. But the whole "f the Mormons" chant that is oh, that was gross, dude. That was gross. That there's no excuse for that. Yeah, I was embarrassed as a Oregon fan and former player there. I, I just like. You can tease a lot of things. You could say F Kalani, Kalani Sataki, F J Jaron Hall, like whoever, all of that. But you can't get to dissing people's faith. It's it's just not cool. Like it's yeah, just not I, cool. And I mean, people have been chanting F U B Y U for thirty years because it rhymes. But when you're talking about like the actual human beings, that's pretty stupid. But at the same time. You know, everybody's talking about bigotry and what it looked like to me was, uh, no, there's a bunch of kids that think that, you know, that grew up watching Tosh.0, nothing sacred, and they think they're being funny. I think they, they I, I, I didn't, uh, they, those people did not seem smart enough to be able to religiously persecute. They just seemed like, what's the most shocking and stupid thing we can chant? At this point in time, I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying, if you've ever been to a game and sat in the student section, some of those kids are dum dums. Yes. Oh yeah, they're drunk college assholes, and that that doesn't excuse it. That doesn't mean that no. they should not have some sort of punishment for what they did. But that's just how they you know have to go to church. Oh yes, yes, exactly. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the King of Sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, next game up. Colorado State at Washington State. Colorado State's terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I thought that they were going to be a little bit better, new head coach, everything. But maybe this is one of those years that they're trying to get their roster together, find players that are going to fit what they want to do and all of that stuff. And Washington State exploded offensively. But I think that that's more due to how bad Colorado State is because This is a team that only scored 24 points against Idaho and 17 against Wisconsin, but then exploded for 38. So why don't see them as an offensive juggernaut at this point? Yeah, I'm with you. It, it, I thought this game would be closer because of just the familiarity uh, that Jay Norvell would have had with um, uh, Washington state defensive coordinator, Brian Ward. Turns out it was the exact opposite. It was 21, nothing immediately. I mean, immediately this game was 21 nothing, And so um, the talent uh, at Colorado State is not good. It was not good. They brought over a lot of transfers and players from Nevada, not enough to make a difference. But um, from stuff that I'm hearing around that program, Jay Norvell decided to come in and be a hard ass. And even some of the people that followed him over are like, this is uncharacteristically, you know, this is too much. So yeah. he's not getting a lot of buy-in from his players right now. Um I still think he has the ability to figure things out there, um, but it's not going to be this year. And Cam Ward is starting to look comfortable. That was my biggest takeaway is like, oh, no, when he looks comfortable, he looks like he could do some really special things. Yeah. Um, but we, we got to see him against. We got we have to see him. We will know create. more about them this weekend. Oh, yeah. We will know a lot more about them this weekend, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um, next game up. Uh, Washington 39, Michigan State 28. And this game was nowhere near as close as the, as the final score dictates. This was not an 11 point victory. This was a destruction. This was a destruction. I mean, Michael Penix Jr. looked like. Huh? Filthy. He looked yeah, crazy. he looked like the black Jake Hayner playing for <laughs> playing for Kalen DeBoer at Fresno State. Like he, he looked like, like he, he looked like a football version of Greg Maddox, though. He went like they, there wasn't a lot of zip on his passes. No, he was just but it was just, just dropping them joints. Corners. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
just throwing back shoulders on the sideline, deep bro, balls, throwing the ball, it, throwing it into a shoebox. I mean, and Oof. Michigan State looked slower than Washington. They looked like Washington looked like that they had a like like that they were better at pretty much every position. The only person was that crazy. wasn't better that is uh, is Ke- Keon Coleman. He he was the best wide receiver on the field, even though Jalen Polk did have more yards and an additional touchdown. But uh, Keon Coleman was unstoppable for Michigan State. Yeah, I would say it was wild when it was twenty-two to nothing Washington, and Washington had also left a touchdown on the board. Yeah, like that was. You look then, like can they stop them at all? And then when it got really like, oh my god, was when because it was thirty six to fourteen. Down. Yes, and when but when Michigan State marched down and scored before halftime, and you were like, oh, that's a great way to go into the locker room. Like they, this home crowd was a lot. There's a lot yep. going on. They had a couple of good things, but you could see <laughs> the energy was going up. And then watched and it went like right back down, up, right back down immediately. Like. And that, that was the biggest eye-opening moment because it was like, oh, this is about the best start that Washington ever could have hoped for. And then when they answered that touchdown, it was like, oh, it's over. Oh, yeah. It's completely over. Correct. Um, yes, you knew that that was over at halftime when it was 29 to uh, – no, when it was 29 to 8. You were like, oh, yeah. there's no way they can stop them. It's not possible. If Michael Penix yeah. Jr. is playing fo- football, they cannot be stopped by this Michigan State team. So I was I was watching that game, just watching them throw for 400 yards. <laughs> and I was like, man, I wonder what Jimmy Lake's up to right now. Run the damn football. Right? I was like, I just I wonder if he's watching the game. That was my that was that was what I was thinking about. And I still think Mel Tucker's a really good coach, and it's possible that Washington or that Michigan State was over rated heading into the season, but it might just be that Washington turned it around that quick because because this they had good players has been special. Yes. Yes, they did have good players. And I'm I'm still mad that some of them didn't stick it out. I think Jacoby Covington would have been a monster in on on this defense, but like they had good players and now they have a quarterback that's flinging it all over the field. They're exciting. Uh it's amazing how quick in the transfer portal era you can turn a whole team around. And yep. I don't think Michigan State's that bad. I think Washington might just be that good. They are so good for the Pac-12 right now <laughs> while they're still in the Pac-12. It, the Pac-12 is more fun when multiple teams from the north are a threat and multiple teams from the south are a threat. Um, that was an exciting game. It, it, it was just like uh, to have a team go out there and dominate, and there were a few dominant performances this week. It's just it's exciting because – Watching the just last year, watching the Pac-12 just drag itself through non-conference play was pretty brutal. And and this year, it's like, no, we're back. Oh, one one hundred percent. Now now we say, oh my god, there's actually some good teams around this joint. That I do want people to take notice of, like when Washington is good, you say it out loud. Yes, thank you, thank you. That I'm not a hater. That I will actually say when Washington looks good. That, yeah, thank because you. you are a hater of one team in the Pac-12. Who is that? <laughs> USC. <laughs> no. Like, if Washington fans want to know what it looks like when you're actually being a hater, they should watch how you've reacted to USC starting 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Well, so you have USC three and Washington 3-0, Oregon 2-1, and and they look like a good football team. Same thing with Utah. UCLA is 3-0. Cal is 2-1. Washington State is 3-0. Oregon State is 3-0. Arizona's 2-1. Bro, th- this is this is good. Like you like four, this is four ranked teams between seven and eighteen with two other undefeateds. Yes, the only other way that this could be any better, really, because we will take Oregon beating Georgia off the table, but Utah beating Florida. That's the only way it could be better right now. That is the biggest the biggest disappointment so far to me is Utah should have won that game, and then also Colorado should have taken a year off of football. Yeah. Like those are the only <laughs> two things that I'm upset about right now. All right. Um, all right. Now, next game up. Um Montana State at Oregon State, 68-28. to 28. I mean, is there? <laughs> it was 34-14 in the second quarter, and it was like, when is the last time you saw Oregon State go out and blow a team out like this? Oh, they yeah. were having fun. Yeah, Chance Nolan threw four touchdowns. I don't think they turned the ball over. Their defense was opportunistic. Like, they did exactly and what I, they were supposed yeah. to do. I know that's an FCS team they played, but it's not a hey, bad one. Hey, yo, I would not want to be USC this weekend, buddy, with all the stuff. Because <laughs> we're going to we go. talk. So so we will talk about in just a second what's going on with Oregon State and their TV stuff. But they're going to be big mad, bro. They are going to be big mad. All right. Um, we have USC 45, Fresno State 17. This was a game that. I'm curious because I, I don't know if we're going to have the same take on this. USC's players were just better. Like, that's the end of the story. Their players were better, and they played better. Like, that was it. And USC was able to run the football. Austin Jones and Travis Dye had over 100 yards each, and both had a touchdown, and both averaged over nine yards a carry. Yeah. Like, Fresno State could not stop the run, period. Point blank, period. End of, end of the story. And they didn't have enough athletes to to tackle, to run, to do anything against this. But Fresno State was able to get some pressure on Caleb Williams, which is a continual story. So when you have a team, whenever they play a team with some good athletes who can get pressure like they will this weekend at, at, uh, at Oregon State, bro, watch out. Watch out. Have what's have you seen the uh, the meme on Twitter? Anytime like two people are fighting, someone in the comments posts that meme of like the black boxing ref. Oh yeah, ooh ooh ooh! Like watching, yeah. like he's really into it. That's how I was with this whole game. This game, like throw the score out. It was so fun, especially for the first like three quarters uh, before um, Jake Hayner got taken out of the game. There were so many big plays. There were so many sacks. There were so many like tip passes. Um, ev- almost every snap of this game, something fun was happening. Uh, and I know, I think you're probably right. It's just, you know, USC had better players. At one point, Jake Hayner was like three of six for 33 yards in the second quarter. Like they weren't even trying to, I think they were just trying to test that USC run defense, which we've said has, you know, has issues. Um, but they weren't actually letting Jake cook. 
uh, Caleb Williams had a couple of plays in this game where I was like, all right, he's no, he's really that dude. Yeah. And it, and it was, it was when he, it, and it really was when he was running with the, with, with the football, he straight up broke somebody's ankles on his first touchdown run. Um, everything about this game was fun. It was like a five round UFC fight where the winner won all five rounds, but they were just standing, throwing punches the whole time. I had so much fun watching this game. I think USC is really good. I felt a little gross by the end of the game though. Why? If I'm being honest, it's just, you have this perspective out there, right? That like college football is being ruined by the transfer portal, right? It it exists. I'm not saying that I feel that way. I'm saying you have to acknowledge that while I don't think people are serious about giving up on the game, there are a lot of people that are super dissatisfied with the idea that there's just a bunch of farm teams out there, you know? And there was one point in the game where it's like Caleb Williams passes to Jordan Addison. And then on the next play hands off to Travis die. <laughs> and then USC's defense takes the field. Jacoby Covington gets a tackle. Oh, there's Solomon bird with another sack. And it's just like, man, none of these dudes were here last year. Correct. Not a single effing one of them was here last year. And it just got, it got to a point in the game. was like, Oh man, I would have loved if Solomon bird stayed at Wyoming. Like, oh, crazy. I wonder what Pitt would have looked like if, you know, it just, and it, but it, because if it's one or two players that are making an impact, um, like when you're watching University of Arizona's offense and it's Jane Delord and Jacob Cowing, you know? And, yeah. But when it's like, no matter who touches the ball, it's like they had a really good uh, year at App State last year or Texas State. Yeah. Or yeah you're like, Tech. oh, yeah, that's it was cool. Just, yeah. The whole time it was just like, God damn, they really. I don't know. I, it's, it's it's hard to explain it because I, it doesn't bother me. But by the end of that game, I was exhausted. I really was because it, it, I, I know there's like people say like, I'd rather be built than bought. Like not, you just want to win. But yes. at one point in the game, it was like, if this keeps happening every year, the rich are only ever going to get, it, I think that's what it was, was just realizing that like, Oh, Wyoming is never going to have a good two year player ever again, because one good year means they're going to be, uh, playing in the Coliseum. And that, that was stinks. that stinks, dude. That absolutely stinks. <laughs> you, you said sucks to suck because you're an Oregon fan. <laughs> Even though they do have Travis Dye, like Oregon's not going to be in a position where they're losing talented players to a bigger state. No. You know? No. Yeah. And, and and we get to take some of those players. So, you know, it is <laughs> right, it, right. It and is I'm, what it is. I'm sitting there watching Stanley Lambert ball out. And I'm like, man, he would have really helped ASU this week. (laughs) All right. We will save the firing game for last, but uh, North Dakota state at Arizona, you said that North Dakota state should be favored in this game. I was like, you are a mad favorite. They were favored. They were favored, but not by as many as we set our personal line at, which we said nine and a half. It was two and a half. Yeah. So either way, Arizona won. the better team won. Arizona's headed in the right direction, as I told you. If they could start out the season two and one, which they did, they're on to four or five wins. Oh, they're 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 gonna have three wins after they play Colorado. That's true. <laughs> do you think the better team won? Yes. Do you think you because sometimes you gotta beat a team that's better than you to on on your on your way up. 
They got yeah, but there's no way that they can feel like that on defense. Yeah, that they are better. Like there's no way that they can feel like Eric, like that Eastern, that North Dakota State is better than than them because if they feel well, like you don't want to feel that way, but when you get a three point win at home, the crowd was bananas. They were having to with everything that Arizona's been through. It was so crazy that on the final drive of the game, when North Dakota State decided to punt the ball away with two fifty five left, that. Will Plummer standing on the sideline next to Jed Fish was having to quiet the Arizona crowd so that they could run, try to run the clock out on yeah. North Dakota State. That's good. This, this fourth quarter was like if you are not if you are sitting down, you don't have a soul. Like that you 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 should have been standing for that whole fourth quarter because some of the stuff that happened. Um, first of all, the game should have been over when yes. uh, University of Arizona missed a field goal. And they were down four and North Dakota state hands the ball off. And it looks like it's going to be nothing but great 80 yard touchdown run. And I think his name is Isaiah Rutherford was like a Notre Dame transfer or something like that. He makes a touchdown saving tackle saves the game. And North Dakota state ends up taking the ball all the way down easily taking the ball all the way down and missing a field goal. Yep. Gave him, gave him a shot. Gave him a shot, and then Arizona has a fourth down play, um, where they they made a substitution. So it's like fourth and three or fourth and four. They make a substitution, and North Dakota State switches out almost the whole defense. It was wild to see. It was like hockey. Yeah, because they wanted right? to take a long time. That way, then you can potentially get a delay a game. So then. You figure like, oh man, University of Arizona's got to like they got to run the ball to get this fourth down. They threw it. <laughs> they threw like they they uh, and and Jane Delore changed the play. He changes the play. They get the first down. Then he throws a touchdown pass to Jacob Cowing, and it was like, wow, they really have the lead. Yep. Um. And and then and then to stop North Dakota State and then to run the clock out. I just. They are much. Just they gutsy, are much gutsy, improved. Gutsy. Yes, I told you, Jed. Jed Fish got this thing moving in the right direction, bro. It's a when, long when way the, to up, but but they're gonna next year. They're gonna be a nuisance to to. Some what do people. you think of Jed Fish's reaction when the clock hit zero? Did you see it? Mm-mm. I turned the game off at that <laughs> point. He uh, screamed, "F you!" It looked like he was pointing to the North Dakota State sideline. I don't know who he's talking to in particular. It was, but it was just it pointed, and he said. F you. Looked like he was pointing to the whole. Love it. Whole love Dakota it. State side. Love it. I love a fiery, fiery coach. All right. Uh, speaking of fiery coach, not a fiery coach, but a fired coach. Um, Herm Edwards and the fighting Arizona States. Uh, Ralph is <laughs> wearing his uh, Arizona State they gear gotta, today. It's a good week to be a Sun Devil. Why is that? You, it's always a good week to be a Sun Devil. Oh, okay. I mean, I didn't think the last couple couple years were good weeks to be Sun Sun Devils, but, you know. I have no any, memory of anything that happened prior to this week. So, Eastern Michigan 30, Arizona State 21. Bro, this is a this was a <laughs> epic disaster. You lost to Eastern Michigan. So, 
without even talking about the team and the players, because the most important thing is that Herm got fired. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? How do I feel about Herm getting fired? Yep. Well, let's go back. Herm wasn't fired. I want oh, your God. reaction. To- okay. It, it was mutually <laughs> uh, discussed. What? And- what does that mean? So he didn't resign because if you were to resign, you're forfeiting your yeah your salary. That right? means you got fired. He did. He did though. He did. He quit. I just he, want to be really clear that yes, he didn't get fired by Ray Anderson. Are you kidding me? Wait, he forfeited the rest of his money? No, you can't call it a resignation because he would forfeit the rest of his money. Okay, so that means you fired him. No, it means your coach quit, but you won't call it a resignation. Because then you can't pay your friend. It's something I would have done for you and you would have done for me. Yes. But he he quit. If Herm, if Herm, if they had that meeting on Saturday and Herm said, I cannot wait for Utah. Like, we're, I know exactly what's going on with this team. We have the adjustments made. We're ready to go. Then there is no mutual decision, George. There's no mutual decision. They fired him. They just didn't want to call it a firing, but they fired him. What then? Why? Uh, well, I guess the thing is, maybe you can't call it a firing because you're waiting for the notice of allegations to drop to see how much you're going to owe him. But then that's giving Ray Anderson the benefit of the doubt. And if you want to give Ray Anderson the benefit of the doubt for anything ever, be my guest. But I'm not going to do it. it. What it seems like to me is the same thing that brought Herm Edwards here is the same thing that's influencing the language around his dismissal slash not resignation slash conscious uncoupling. But in my head, he quit. Because if you're telling me it's a mutual decision, then you're saying that Herm Edwards thinks that he shouldn't be the coach anymore. No, and I don't think that Herm Edwards would ever say that. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Oh, okay. So now the last thing about this is what do you think about what The Athletic published about this potentially being partially an inside job? Uh, so I went back. I know Doug Holler. Um, I didn't talk to him about this, but he wrote an article a couple of weeks ago that he went up to Flagstaff and spent four days with the coaches. Okay. So naturally, I'm going to be like, well, who do they play this year? And who did he have access to? If he was out at Pac-12 Media Day, then he could have talked to any number of Pac-12 coaches, right? But his primary job is to cover all over the state of Arizona. And he does he know people at U of A? Yeah. Scotty Graham, the running backs coach, who you know, you know well. Yes, right, very well. Right. So Scotty Graham is a running backs coach at Arizona. He was tasked with helping Herm Edwards succeed at Arizona State. He left. He went to University of Arizona instead. Yeah. I'm not saying those things are related, but the first thing I thought of was like, oh, they're going to have to play Arizona. I'm sure he knows Scotty Graham. Maybe somebody in the admin office that Scotty Graham used to work with was complaining out loud around. Okay. That, that was my first thought. And then I was like, wait a minute. Didn't I read a Doug Holler story where he went and spent four days with the coaching staff at NAU? And I went back and I reread the story, and it was like the NAU staff is really struggling to figure out what this Arizona State team is going to be like because – they have 43 new players and new coordinators and new analysts. And so he also has a section in there about how, hey, word on the street is Emory Jones throwing an interception every day in practice, and most of them are over the middle. So you're going to have your chances. Be ready. Yeah. Well, you could get that information from reading practice reports, or you could think to yourself, NAU's offensive coordinator is a former ASU and Oregon wide receiver, Aaron Flugra. Mm-hmm. NAU's head coach, Chris Ball, was Todd Graham's ace recruiter at ASU. Like, there's plenty of ASU-NAU connections. There's a Doug Holler story talking about how they know stuff that's going on at ASU practices, and Doug Holler spent four days with them, and then he references it in his new athletic article that it wasn't hard to find out stuff about ASU because some people in the athletic office wanted Herm gone. Is Doug Holler making a connection that maybe isn't there? Uh I don't think so. Is yeah. it a bigger deal than people are making it? I, based on what I'm reading into it, I think probably, I think somebody, because this is college coaches that follow me earmuffs. <laughs> Y'all are gossipy, gossipy, gossipy people. You wow. Talk okay. They do. And yeah. they talk to each other and it's, a big community and uh, the idea that somebody would overshare because they're sick of Herm uh, is a possibility. A, it's a possibility. It's a big no, no, <laughs> it's a big no, no, right? Big yeah. no, no. Um, so that's, that's all I have to say about that. I do want to go back to the game for one second because the second and third quarter and the final drive is the worst football I've ever seen. Yeah, that was pretty bad. And I, I just want to point out that that if anybody thinks that they did wrong by Herm, the fact that anybody, the fact that they didn't just tear the stadium down after that game, worst football I've ever seen. Down nine with three minutes left. Down nine with three minutes left. They're huddling and taking the play clock down to 10 seconds. Yeah. Huddling before every play. 
down nine. They gave up 256 yards rushing to a running back that like has never. I mean, he has maybe like one other hundred yard rushing game. They yeah, knocked it was, the it was opposing quarterback pitiful. out of the game early on, and the backup quarterback tore you up. Yep. It, it was pitiful. It was pitiful, and there was no room for Herm to stay there after that. All right. Now, I want to talk about this Oregon State situ- situation because it's notable. Oregon State, who's 3-0, and is playing USC. This game is on Pac-12 Network. Mm-hmm. Oregon State next weekend is playing against Utah, and it's their homecoming game. So there are rules surrounding homecoming games that you can't put the schedule out a week in advance. That way they can have time to prepare and all of that stuff. So that game is going to be on Pac-12 Network. Even if (laughs) Utah wins this weekend and they'll be a top, probably a top 10 team or close to it at 3-1, and If Oregon State beats USC, that game's still going to be on Pac-12 Network. And you're going to have a 4-0 Oregon State team playing a 3-1. So two of your better teams in the conference record-wise on Pac-12 Network in front of like 15 million people. Instead of on ESPN. You can take million million right out of that sentence. (laughs) In front of like 15 people. And... It, and Oregon State fans are so upset. And the reason why is because the networks, ESPN and Fox, are banking on USC being good at the end of the season because you have to play the same number of games on Pac-12 Network as you have non-conference home games. So USC has three And they have to get on Pac-12 Network three times. So that means, and college football ratings go up as the season goes goes on. So now you're going to have an opportunity to have USC on every weekend in the end of the season. And so Oregon State's getting screwed in the process. Yes. Um, I have Pac-12 Network, so I'm good. Like, I hate to be that guy, but it's... We've said we've spent so much time on. This yeah, but it matters podcast. your brand, dude. It, Oregon State, how can they ever be ex- expected to rise up if you can't get on TV? To rise up, and they did it anyway. They did it anyway. Yeah, but to, to take things to the next level. No, I'm saying that to take things to the next level and get better recruits, branding matters. I guess. I guess I, they're doing it. They're uh, they're doing it anyway. They're doing it anyway. I'm going to be able to watch the game. I highly recommend you buy Sling. I was listening to the Locked On Pac-12 podcast, and they have Sling ads on there. Yeah. And the Sling ads say that if you have Sling, you can get all these sports networks, and it lists them out one by one, and it lists every single network except for Pac-12 Network. So on a Pac-12 podcast – Sling is advertising that you can get every network, but they don't even mention Pac-12 network. That's how down bad our conference is that you can't even advertise on a Pac-12 podcast for the Pac-12 network on one of the only streaming services that has it. I mean, Oregon state's doing fine. 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 Do your best to find a place to watch it or go to the game. Um, There's a, and, and, and for USC fans, maybe it's a good thing. I advise on. I advise Oregon State win these two games. 
at least one of them, particularly this USC game. If you beat USC, you have put a monkey wrench in in the in the system. You have put a monkey wrench in the system because if you do that, they're not going to have a choice but to put you on TV. They're not going to so have a choice. You're just trying to fix the system of a conference that you don't even believe is going to exist anymore. You're not being a hater toward the Trojans. Correct. You're to fix the system Correct. of the conference that you don't even believe is going to exist. Correct. You just want a temporary fix. Yes. <laughs> okay. Hey, since you brought up Utah, uh, they tapped out San Diego State, and it was glorious to watch. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about that. Oh yeah, that that thirty five. It was thirty five donut heading into the fourth quarter. This was a one legged man in the ass kicking contest. This was, but but the receivers showed up. If Utah has receivers, we're in trouble. Everybody, all of us. Yeah, yeah. Devon Vele showed up. Uh, Solomon Enos. Yeah, they they got a shot, dude. This is a good football team, and they get better as the season goes on, and they didn't start yeah. horribly this year. So I'm excited. Can All we right. talk about the female female Utah Ute fans that make this conference a glorious conference? What? 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 What about them? Uh, against Southern Utah, two female fans showed up in just red body paint. Oh, and caused a big stir. Uh, and oh, then of course, it, of course, week, that would. Cause a star in Utah, buddy. And wait for this one. A 20-year-old, uh, 21-year-old woman this week got arrested because she said, <laughs> she said, if Utah doesn't beat San Diego State, I'm going to activate a nuclear reactor. Oh, yes. Blow up the whole world. <laughs> She's like, bro, I don't have a nuclear reactor. I can't even read. Are the, <laughs> are the, women, are the women of Utah Okay. Hey, listen, they are rabbit college football fans. I'm in on, on rabbit college football fans. So I guess I'm in on Utah women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. This week, though, in the Pac-12, we have more games. We have the... And uh, less games, thank God. Well, yes, we, we have more games, but less games. Yes, for a fact. So instead of having 12 games, we have six, which is way better. All right, Thank so we have Jesus. <laughs> Colorado at, I'm sorry, UCLA at Colorado. What is the line on this game on Pac-12 Network? Because thank God this game is not going to be nationally televised. Because if if UCLA struggles to start against this team, I don't want it to be held against them. And if it's a bloody massacre, we don't we didn't need to see that anyway. I think you're going to be shocked by this spread. Shocked, shocked, shocked. It is 21 and a half. It opened at 20 and a half. It's only been bet up one point. That's believable because of the way UCLA has played. But I'm still, I am taking that. Give me UCLA all day. No questions. 21 points. Yep. They are going to beat the living shit out of them, to be honest. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I mean. What you're saying is if the line opened at 20 and a half, what you're saying is UCLA isn't going to score three touchdowns because Colorado's not scoring. So, I mean, even even a 28-7 win covers. I'm uh, at, 
at, at the 20 and a half, I'll take 21 and a half. Give it 10 more points. I'd take 31 and a half in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, and before we go any further, we do have another review. And yeah, a few more. Oh, okay. 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 Well, well, we will stop right, right here on the future games and go to the reviews because they are so much fun. Some of them are fun. Some of them are not uh, very nice. Here's a good four-star one. Don't know why it's four stars. I've rescinded my request for four-star reviews. Uh, unprofessional is a big word. <laughs> University of Oregon graduate. Go Beavs. Uh, it, I wasn't saying it's actually a big word. I was saying that, like, like wow, like, that's pretty aggressive. Like, that's a, like... Calling me unprofessional because I because I used a foul language in the podcast, bro. Kill it. You know, you just. I'm wondering if you caped so much for University or or for Oregon State so much uh, in the last segment because you want them to go update that to a five star. That's what I'm wondering if that was your motivation. Um, but I'm going to stick with it's because you're a USC hater. Uh, five stars, and it's just a repeat of the previous review. Uh, George's desire to be real edgy and drop the F-bomb lets me know that he cares about his followers. Totally professional. Also, George seems to do enough show prep. <laughs> That's a response to the two-star review from yeah. last week. Just in the script. That's a good one. Um, another five-star review from Scott MG Fan. Poo Poo is the uh, title. What a title. I appreciate George and Ralph's inside of the Pac-12. However, their picks against the spread are Poo Poo. <laughs> and half the time, George can't remember what he picked. Only a few days later, do not bet your money based off their advice against the spread. Hey, do you know what is funny? Okay, part <laughs> of the reason why I can't re- remember sometimes is because I, I work on radio. Six days a week, plus do podcasts. And so I make picks on my radio shows. And it, so, dude, some some of this shit runs together. <laughs> so well, and I've seen, that, that's I've why seen Ralph keeps track. I've seen information come in midweek and then on a, on a radio show, you've, you've updated who you pick based on information that came out after we recorded this. So then it gets kind of hard to keep track. I, I've seen that happen, so I get it. Uh, don't act like I keep track. I have to go back and re-listen to our show before we record to tally. So um, here's another one. Natalie House, great pod. Awesome to have a Pac-12-centered podcast. I have long liked George's takes. I stuck with him through the Reese's Pieces drama. As a former duck, it takes a lot for me to declare him utterly wrong. But here it is. Let the ladies have the shirtless Trey Turner picks, Reister. Stay in your lane. What in the hell is she talking about? <laughs> Well, that's actually an older review. So that one's from uh, August, October oh, must, 2021. Okay, it must have been updated. Like it must have gone four stars to five stars or something because it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys make sure that you guys leave your reviews because we will read them. We should have put it on in the beginning of the show. But yeah, of course, leave a five star review wherever you listen to the podcast. Mm hmm. No four stars. <laughs> yes. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. All right, now back to the next game of this week. You have Oregon at Washington State, a 1 p.m. kickoff on Fox. What's the line in this game? You want to go ahead and give it a guess? Uh, probably Oregon by nine. It is six and a half, actually. Oh, six and a half. Give, give listen, college college fund right here. This is my kid's college fund on this <laughs> game. Six and a half. Give me the ducks. They are going like- to stop a bit because Washington State's offense hasn't looked spectacular. This year, they are going to put the smack down on, the, on their offense, and then they're going to be able to score, score points. Like, I don't expect this to be BYU bad, but it could be. Yeah, I do, I do wonder. Uh, I, I don't know enough to know if Lanning had to deal with um, – elements of the spread or how Georgia handled Mississippi state last year uh, if they played, but I don't, I would put, I look at Washington state and I would put them kind of on BYU's level as far as skill. Yeah. Um, I'm comfortable. I'm very comfortable with a touchdown. I think, I think you might even see this line move um, six and a half is the perfect thing. Cause even if it being, you know, in Pullman, ends up affecting Oregon in some way. A touchdown is something you should be really comfortable with. So I'll go with you on this. Yep. All righty. We have... We have Arizona at Cal. Pac-12 Network. Wow, there's not going to be a lot of people that get to watch uh, any Pac-12 games this week, are there? Correct. 
Well, well, three three of the games are on Pac-12 Network. All right, so Cal just lost to Notre Dame. They looked kind of listless on offense. Arizona put it all on the table against North Dakota State, came away with a win. Who do you think is going to be favored in this? Cal should be favored by like three and a half. It's it's just flat out three. It's just the home team advantage. So Ooh. They're, they're counting this as even. I'm excited for this game because this game actually matters. Last year's game did not. Yep. And you'll never convince me otherwise. You can't send a team that had 25 people out with COVID to, <laughs> to Tucson and have it be like, whoa, like a three nothing game and say like, yeah, that was definitely a win for the Wildcats. Yeah. This game is uh, w- w- everybody at full strength is one of the games I'm looking forward to uh, most this weekend. All right. Who you who are you taking? The home team. I'll take Cal. I th- this might push though. Three points yeah. is, um, yeah. I, but I, I'm, I'm taking the home team. I'm actually gonna go with Arizona. I All like right. my, my 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 head says Cal should win this game, but my but my heart and the fact that 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 Justin Wilcox stiffed me. At Pac-12 Media Day, he was, but <laughs> yo, I was like, didn't he, bro? You act like we didn't we didn't play play together, but he had reason to be upset with me, I guess. He didn't like what I yeah, said. Yeah, I. It's a, another thing is like I kind of like Arizona playing those night games, and I kind of like Cal playing day games. This is a day game. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I feel that way, but Cal feels very much like a day game team. And University of Arizona feels very much like a it's eleven fifteen Eastern and they haven't kicked off yet, team. Yep. All right. Uh USC at Oregon State. The game's in Corvallis. This game's on Pac 12 network. Where would you set the spread if you were in charge? If I were in charge, uh probably about a touchdown. For USC? Yeah, of course. They're the, they're a top ten team. They are unbeatable right now. They're <laughs> headed to the college football playoff. Of course. I mean, I'm surprised they're not favored by two touchdowns. How much are they favored by? Six and a half. Okay. Six and a half. And I do they uh, they have a common opponent, right? Fresno, Fresno? State. Yep. Yeah. One it's team whooped Fresno State. The other one uh, took the last play of the game. Give me the beeves, homie. And my six and a half points. You taking them straight up? No. No. But I am leaving room for the possibility of an upset. But I think USC wins this game by four points. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So here's what I would love to see out of Oregon State. Trust your offense. Don't just go in and do it. Because I think that was a mistake that Fresno State made was uh, they can't stop the run. So we're going to ignore the fact that we have Jake Hayner and – and we're going to try to force it. Yep. Um, and by the time you needed Jake Hayner to come back in and play hero, your your defense had actually given up a few scores. So just run your offense the way that it is. Um, you know, make make it necessary adjustments, but don't don't try to exploit one weakness in particular because they're, this is a very opportunistic Trojan defense, even if it's not a perfect defense. Um, I am going to take USC in this game. Okay. Um, just, just because I think I think one touchdown is so that's still a pretty close game. I think it's going to be a close game, but I don't think it's going to be like a field goal. So give me USC minus six and a half. Okay, now you have 
Utah at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Utah's going to win this game. I think we all feel good. About, I think we both feel that that's going to happen. But the question is, how much? What is this line telling us? I had heard that it opened. Um, I had heard that it opened uh, a lot different than it, it's actually sitting at right now. Um, it's a two-score line. Uh, I think it's. I think it's currently at fifteen and a half. Okay. For Utah, I believe it opened up at like eight, nine and a half. So it's really moving. Um, Herm Herm got fired. Obviously, that's. So um, when when coaches actually, get fired, you either have like an immediate uptick, or they go in the tank. I believe that they will have an immediate uptick, but then Utah is just going to smother them. Uh, give me Utah uh, minus the 15 and a half. This was uh, every year I make an upset pick before the season. One that doesn't make sense, but just because of the way the Pac-12 shakes out, there's always wins and losses that shouldn't happen. This was my pick before the season. I felt pretty good about it after week one. Bet you don't need more. I'm not so about it now, but, I already, but it is what it is. I'm not the type of person that learns from my mistakes, so... I'm 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 riding with what I said before the season even started, uh, and I am taking ASU plus fifteen and a half. Yikers! 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 All right. Well, listen. Hey, you know what? I, though I am rooting for ASU to at least be serviceable because yeah. uh, Sean Aguano, who made my old high school relevant, has been given the interim title, and I would really really love to see him get an honest shot at this gig. Um, and I know that you might not hate that idea either. Cause it might mean that you get to keep Kenny Dillingham uh, for an extra year as yeah. well. I, I would, ta- I would welcome, you- I would welcome that. I would welcome keeping Kenny Dillingham for another year. Uh, yeah. So people might, people, I don't know if people have seen that you're actually like advocating for, uh, for Brennan Marion to come in, but I don't know if they realize that you got that little selfish thing in the back of like Brennan Marion getting this job means maybe another year of, of Oh no 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 no, no 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 it had nothing to do with that. If 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 that's, that's the case added bonus. I actually saying. hope that if Kenny Dillingham gets the job, take send me Brennan Marion up to Oregon, please. I will happily take him. That's cool. All right. Yeah, yeah, no that that's good. Last game up. Stanford at Washington. Stanford was off last week. They got a chance to lick their wounds against USC, recalibrate. Washington demolished Michigan State. To me, this is a Pac-12 special. This game is a Pac-12 special. Washington looked so good last, last week. But I'm telling you, there's something about that Stanford magic when they go up there to Washington especially. What's the line on this game? 14. Oh, give give me give me Stanford. I'm not even nothing to think about here. Nothing to think yeah, about. Me, me neither. Me neither. Absolutely not. Like this is a this is a trap. This is a trap for betters because Stanford had the week off. Washington did what they did against which PS Vegas trapped the hell out of everybody on that Washington State or the Washington Michigan State line. Not me. Us. No, we both lost. No, I picked um, Washington. 
maybe on no, you picked them. So this is what I'm talking about. You picked them. You picked Washington in our Friday betting article that we put on unafraidshow.com. But on the Pac-12 Apostles, you picked Michigan State. Are you serious? Yes. God, I, the whole time I thought I picked Washington. <laughs> you did, just not on our podcast. Damn. Like you won fake money off of it, and you were destroying me on our Friday picks. Like it's to the point where I think I'm out of fake money, and I have to borrow fake money, and I'm in the <laughs> negative. I'm going to get my <laughs> fake legs fake broken by a fake bookie. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. <laughs> well, those are the games for this week. Uh hopefully they they go well for the Pac-12. Um anything you want to add before we get out of here, Ralph? Uh uh Ohana, Sean Aguano, let's go. All right, peace out. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.